on tonight's episode of Eureka Cast Now, the James Webb Space Telescope. You've heard about it, longed for it, and maybe even a little more. Learn the science behind what it's looking for, the spiritual engineering that went into it, and in an exclusive Eureka Cast Now Twitch event, the first pictures to come from it. The following program is an artistic work of fiction and falsehood. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the broadcasters or the management thereof. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm glad you're here, greeting you in the new year. Uh, I'm lead media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is Eureka Cast Now, where we discuss and debate and talk about the latest news in science, but also, and especially this week, in technology. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. So, hello to you, Rowan. Hello and shimmering starlight to those sky-gazing spaceophiles and voyeuristic voyagers tuning in this evening. Exactly. I hope that 2022 is the year that we start looking to the stars finally after all these years and we start thinking about uh, what we could do up uh, up there uh, as we voyage through the galaxy. Um, and what a great time to do it because – and I know we this is the first show since Christmas, which is why – this is the show where we are talking about the James Webb Telescope. It is James Webb Month. Happy James Webb Month, Rowan. And happy James Webb Month, Kai. Um, yes, it's always exciting when the stars and the cosmos come out to play in their own sort of delicate ballet, and we get to watch that ballet from a, 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 a closer and closer row. Closer and closer, yeah. We're getting closer and closer to those stars. Uh, but this month particularly, we are celebrating the wonderful telescope that launched on Christmas Eve 2021 uh, and the wonderful man it was named after, James Webb, who was the first actually important director of NASA. Um, he oversaw the Gemini and Apollo 1 through 11 missions in the 1960s. These were all the good ones before, you know, the the real... The real not so fun and just the boring ones took place in the seventies, yeah, and, and into the nineties as yeah. well. There's some tragedies that took place, uh, exactly. But not under his watch. Not on. Un, not under his watch. Well, a, f a few early on, but you can't. You, I mean, the sophomore slump is a real thing. Is 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 the thing? Um, but this new telescope, which is what I'm really excited about, will allow us to see through space and time as well as space-time into distant galaxy, galaxies from the past, present, and future, farther than we ever have before and better than we ever have before. And that's why scientists and citizen scientists alike are losing their minds, uh, falling all over and under each other, becoming violently ill, and generally in disbelief, some of them need needing to be institutionalized about this particular telescope. Well, there's just um, <clears throat> so much new technology that's going into it. Once again, um, every time we put out another one of these um, uh, telescopes, one of these mm -hmm. viewing mechanisms, yes. we get an image that is ever more clear of the cosmos – ever more clear of what we find ourselves immersed in and what is more fascinating than the sky above, the stars that twinkle and the planets and the spheres that make their rotations. Yes, and James Webb, the man, believed in that uh, that in the 1960s and we still believe that to this day, which is why we are commem commemorating. Especially and on this program. On this program, we cannot get enough of it. But some, some folks out there, and again, we are a, an edutainmental show, uh, some folks out there may citizen scientists even some people that are you know real real scope heads uh, they may not fully understand or appreciate the kinds of science that we will be able to unlock with the uh, the James Webb telescope which is why we're going to be doing a few things on this show obviously this is a this is our first webisode our first James Webb telescope uh, specific episode of Eureka Cast Now and, but and perhaps not the last perhaps not I I will quit the show if it is the last James Webb Telescope episode that we do. Well, once again, that's a beautiful thing about telescopes. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It will um, keep on giving for the next 
five to hopefully 50 years is what I say, is what I have to say about them. But uh, but but yeah, a few things. A few of the things that we're going to be doing on this on this particular webisode is we're going to be talking about the science and the engineering, and we're going to be well. We have a, a little bit. I, I actually I haven't really told Rowan too much about about our plan for the second half, but we have some of the. We I, I will get into it in the second half. We don't I, I, I also have I think a few surprises up my sleeve. Oh, is that so, for you? I do. I'm I excited. Do. I'm excited to 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 swap surprises, um, if you will. But the first thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about. Really, what the what the James Webb is in the sense of like what the science is that we hope the James Webb to be able to, to right because there's there's so often um, I mean telescopes are uh, a, a ubiquitous feature in both space and terrestrial matters yes. um, even some underwater mm-hmm. uh, so another telescope gets launched into space so what what's the big deal mm-hmm. granted this is a little bit bigger. Um, a little bit shinier, a little spa- bit prettier. Space is, uh, once again, one of the sexy sciences, as mm-hmm. we've talked about yeah. before. So that definitely turns the heat up a little bit. Uh-huh. But at the same time, start, start sweating. <clears throat> there's so much more going on with this telescope in particular yeah. that we would be remiss if we did not um, talk about some what makes this really quite exciting and distinct from other telescopes right. that you, you've probably heard of and um, have gone up. Yeah, and if you're watching, if you're watching this particular episode on on Twitch.tv slash Lumpen Radio, where we where we stream it, you will see a, a picture of the beautiful James Webb Space Telescope. Um, so obviously, it is gorgeous. But what's really even more gorgeous is the science behind it, which is why I wanted to briefly talk about it at the very beginning, so that we're all citizen scientists and scientists alike. We're all on the same page with. Uh, with the actual science it's going to be studying. The, the context. Context yes. is, as always, context is extremely is important. Context is key and is the lock and the key. Um, and, I mean, this is hard stuff. This is cos- hard cosmology, hard astronomy. Some of it may not be too easy. So the thing is, I want to uh, really, really test what edutainment is um, by really talking about the science behind it, it through an analogy that I think might be a little bit more a little bit more easy to digest. Right, because the individuals who who would understand this as we describe it Mm -hmm. using the proper terminology already understand what's going on here. Exactly. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with not understanding it. That's Mm -hmm. what metaphors are for. That's what language is for. Mm -hmm. Um, But but Kai, please um, explain. I'd love to hear your explanation. Sure. So so the notable features about the James Webb Space Telescope is that it has this giant – a giant golden mirror, which you can easily see in any picture. Um, I could see better and further than any telescope before it. And to really understand the significance of this, I would like all the citizen scientists out there to imagine the Big Bang, the thing that brought energy into the universe, the thing that started the expansion of the universe. It's important that you think of the Big Bang as sort of a starting line of a race. Hmm. But instead of this being a race in space, maybe along a track, this is a race in time. Track is time is the track in this analogy. Right. Okay. I, I'm following you so far. Sure. So you can. This is the early universe. You can think of think of all the contestants of this of this race as starting. And I don't really want to get into who these contestants are because it's really it's everything. It's space and time and space time and all the particles in, in everything. Themselves. The 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 racers are everything. Everything and everyone. Yes. Um. All the contestants. They start off as infants. They're tiny right. little babies. They start off, they're small, but they're, then they're moving like infants, but they're moving at close to the speed of light. So they're all, they're all sort of moving their real, tiny legs really fast, mm. um, and they're all going to win the race sort of at the same time because they're all moving at the same speed. The, the infants are going to win this race? Yes, eventually. Okay. Um, so as they grow up, as they're running this race and they're growing up, their legs, you can imagine their legs is not sort of moving that fast as you would with the scaling of sort of how a person is and how they're able to So move. The, the infants are growing in this scenario. Yes, the infants are growing. Um, they're getting older. Um, their legs don't move as fast, but their legs are getting longer, so they're sort of moving at the same speed, which is, of course, speed of light. Okay. Um, at this point, they're also, I mean, as teenagers, you know, teenagers start dating. Mm. They start dating. Um, some of them even start, you know, thinking about, you know, settling down, starting families. And, and so these teenagers, which were once infants, yes. represent, that are in a race currently, mm-hmm. That represents matter. Uh, well, it, it represents everything. It, but, okay. yeah, but the families themselves, yes, families are the matter. Okay. So oh, okay. when they start forming families, that's what we call matter. Matter. Um, now I know what you're asking yourself. You might already start being kind of confused about it because you're asking yourself, this is a race where time is the track. 
how are the contestants getting older? How does that make any sense? Well, I, it's it's very clear and obvious. Um, so you know, it's it's it shouldn't be too much of a surprise that the track is getting longer, uh, and space is time in this analogy. Then what is time? I, I mean, because the track is time, then track is space. So so time is space, and space is time. Okay. And so, so, so now we have the universe, which the universe. is a race where people, where infants were once running. Yeah, now they're now they're a little bit older. And some of them have families. Yeah. So as more and more families, but they're still running. Some of them are still running. Yes. Okay. So the families sort of settle down at a certain point. Maybe they're not running as fast. Um, some of them may start running the other direction. Okay. Um, so more of them more back towards the Big Bang. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, and that's sort of sort of advanced. We talk about virtual particles with that a little bit. Oh, okay. But um, but yeah. Just they're not really moving as fast anymore. Um, so as more and more families start being made, more and more people sort of start running the race, stop running the race. And some of them don't even start families. Some of them just start hanging out at these families' houses. They start you know, swimming in their pools or playing Frisbee with their dogs. And this analogy, dogs are sort of the gluons. Of the of the of right, and so universe. where does dark matter fit into this? Dark matter is very is a very complex issue. I do not have to, I do not have time to get into dark matter here. It's for a loo- very loose analogy here. It's sort of like mortgage. It's sort of like a, the idea of mortgage. Um, okay, but I don't. I, I can't. I just can't. Rowan, I cannot get into dark matter right now. All right. So to clarify, to summarize this, uh-huh. um, the Big Bang yes happens yes, and then everything. Yes. Starts running as infants in a race. Yes, immediately when the – actually, well, technically a few – less than a second after the Big Bang, everybody starts the race. But, you know, we're, I'm not getting into that. Right. And so they run. These infants run, which are everything. And the infants, which are everything, start running, yes. Oh, and they continue they're to They're going grow. at the speed of light. OK. So, again, they're all going to win. Uh, at the same time. Yes. And because they get older, they move, they, they, they move slower, but their legs are longer, so they're actually moving the same speed. Yes. And then – they start settling I'm, 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 down and okay. they start settling down and having families. Right. Um, okay, which is so where, where we are right now. Where, so there are still some people running right. that have resisted the urge to play with these dogs. Okay. Um but the other thing is, the other really the other wrench in this in this system, the other interesting thing to think about is as these families, as children start being made by these families, as these families start producing children, those children also start running the race. Okay. So we have some people that are again going as fast, but they, you know, they started ahead of everybody but they're also like trailing behind them a little bit so this is just a continuous race so do all of the infants still win at the same time no okay no right right um so so yeah this is the thing as soon as they get the kids get old enough they start running the race they're sort of behind them i mean maybe if they find if you if you think about this as like mario kart maybe they find a a a shell that they could throw at the at the racers in front of them which might slow them down but this is again this is way more and, – and, 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 and we're here. still in the beginning of the, of the universe, correct? Um, yes. We're between, uh, we're between sort of the uh, one, one, one thousandth of a second after the Big Bang and about 5,000 years ago. So that's sort of the span that we're talking about. Okay. Um, so, and, so yeah, let's talk about – let's start talking about the actual – how the science relates to us. And the telescope. And the telescope. Which so, is, of course, what we are here to talk about yes, today. the James Webb Telescope. Um, so the important thing to note is that – so these are – some of these particles, our eyes can see particles. Our eyes can see photons. But the thing is we cannot see old men with our eyes. You, can, you cannot see particles that are the old men in these scenarios with our eyes. Um, well, I see um, – I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Is this – for the purposes of the analogy yeah. – we can't see old men. Yes, with our eyes. Yes, we can't see the contest- we can't see those old man contestants with our eyes. Those 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 ancient ones that have been running since the start of the Big Bang. We just can't. Right. Um, we can we can't even see children with our eyes. Right. Our eyes are just not evolved enough to see chil- the children that have started running the race more recently. We can really only see uh, we can really only see the young men between young men women. Gender isn't really important, so let's forget about gender at all. Um, we can really only see people between the ages of eighteen and twenty two. So, so like a target demographic. Yes. We can only see – before then, it's we're blinded to it. After then, we're blinded. It's sort of like a, a black mirror or something. OK. All right. Um, so we need to see – we need telescopes if we want to like even have any chance of seeing like children that are running this race and then older individuals, people even in their 30s. Um, but the James Webb – now, the James Webb will allow us to see 
people maybe in their 40s, possibly even their 50s. So, so the James Webb's, um, so the James Webb Telescope in this instance mm-hmm. is being using your analogy is being used to look at old old men and women and and children. Gender is not important, here. right? No, it can't see children. No, no, it, we don't care about children really. We okay. only really want to see those old men and women, right? It's really all we're interested in, Ron. So um, we're looking at these old men and women uh-huh. that have that and have, it, gen, again, gender does not play these, these old all. these old people, yes. these elders. Um, we're looking at these elders that began this race as infants that they're running. Yes, and where in time is the racetrack? Yes, we also are looking at the children that have started that have since since starting the race, maybe further on in the progression of the race itself. We are seeing them. You know, if they've gotten old already, I, I think we're ten minutes into this analogy. Um, All right, so yeah, let's I, let's just talk. Okay, the other thing about to note about the James Webb it is is it is that it is located at the second Lagrange point. Maybe you've heard of this term. Maybe you're interested to hear like what it is exactly. The easiest way I could think to describe what a Lagrange point is. So we're entering another analogy right now. No, this is the same analogy. Is that along this track, along this track of um. Of uh, of the race, which is time. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Rowan. Um, the Lagrange points are sort of a dark alley that racers, some racers, can, but some of them ha- are forced to go down sort of these dark alleys. Um, and the reason that we're putting the James Webb there is because it's a it's a dark alley where the where we can sort of the James Webb can sort of get a jump on some of these particles without anybody noticing. Sort of just just grabbing one of these racers and exactly. just. Uh, you know, robbing them or whatever. Um, yes, of their information. Okay. So typically the sun and other large gravitational bodies, these are like the referees of the race. Um, and they sort of keep the shenanigans from, from too many shenanigans from taking place mm. on the track. Mm-hmm. Luckily, these bodies cannot see down these dark alleys, which is why we are there. Um, so that's why the James Webb is hiding there. The James Webb will be hiding there like a flounder on the ocean floor. Hunting its pri- this is a no- sort of another another so, analogy. So, so the race is taking place underwater. No, no, the the fl- forget the flounder. It's just it's there on the racetrack. It's it's reaching out. It's grabbing contestants as they run by. Perhaps it it, it paints sort of a a water fountain on a nearby like cliff edge of the track that. You know these these racers. They're tired. They go to drink some water and it grabs them. Okay, um, and we get their information. And it's going to be doing this for the next five to fifteen years, we hope, um, to really study these racers and these race and, and studying the information from these that we collect from robbing these racers is going to clue us into well the universe around us. Um, well, that uh, that <clears throat> I think I followed that. I think I understood what you're going mm-hmm. for with that. And the, and the last thing to to just mention is that the the JWST will actually start being fully operational around midsummer of the year 2022 so we're not we're not really there yet we're not at l2 yet and we're not quite at the point where we we're robbing these these racers but um we which, hope to be which, which is soon. which is particles yeah specifically photons okay well um hopefully that's clued in the listener a little bit yes hopefully they understand now um, what the purpose of this telescope is, what it's doing, why it can see in space-time and space-time, um, but not yes. children. So um, I, I want to talk about – we talked about the science. Uh-huh. Now let's move to the engineering um, mm-hmm. because Delicious. science and engineering are related. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. The um, yin and the yang. But they are separate. Um, yes. One could think almost, and I'm going to use my own a, a metaphor here, my uh-huh. own analogy, yes. where if scientists are sort of the theurges of society, mm-hmm. then engineers are more like sorcerers. They don't necessarily ponder the orbs and the the frequencies mm-hmm. in the same way that the theurges do, but yes. they, they actually bend to their will these inexplicable, um, unexplainable forces. Um, And that's what engineers do. They're taking the unexplainable and the unexplained and they are putting it into a way that is useful for us. I wouldn't – I mean typically they're they're using – I would argue that they're using the things that have already been explained 
Well, that's just a matter of opinion. Um, uh, But specifically, to kind of touch on that, um, while modern engineers aren't actually sorcerers in the truest sense of the word. Yes, they're the farthest things maybe from sorcerers. Some some do dabble and likewise some sorcerers. The point is modern engineering can be traced back to the Freemasons. Oh, really? Yes. Um, James Webb himself was a Freemason. Mm. And the Freemasons, uh, spiritual beings as they are, um, uh, abilities able to sort of commune in the the paranatural, patanatural, occultic realms, Mm -hmm. um, that set the stage for pretty much all modern engineering and rocket engineering in particular. Is, Is that so, Rowan? It's true. And, and rocket engineering in particular can be traced back to Aleister Crowley by uh, way of Jack Parsons, who was a um, really? a very influential rocket engineer. Um, may he rest in peace. Jack Parsons. Tell me a bit more about any of these people, Rowan. So- well, uh, Jack Parsons was a, uh, a well-known um, – uh, rocket engineer who uh, did a lot of work with uh, California aeronautical companies um, that would then go on to work with uh, um, uh, NASA. So, so you're using this as a justification that, in fact, uh, rocket science is a. What's your point here, Rowan? What's sort of well, the thing? You're well, what I'm into? saying is, is that all of these traditions, both scientific and mystical, sort of come together in rocketry, and and uh-huh. and the James Webb space telescope right. is no um, exception. It's no exception. Okay. In particular, um, there's a lot of this talk of, of, of this as a golden eye. Right. It's this the, eye, the mirror, the beautiful. The beautiful golden mirror. It's a golden eye. It's looking and it's gold. Yes. So yes. let me ask, who has a golden eye? Who has a golden eye? Who has a golden eye? I, are you referencing like a the James James Bond video no, game? no 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 uh, <coughs> excuse me um no uh I'm oh, raw raw the the sun god raw golden eye the Egyptian sun god right and then the eye of raw is uh-huh. a symbol of enlightenment it is a symbol of the sun shining down and of learning mm-hmm. um and it is an extremely important symbol in hermetic and occultic uh, traditions. So you're saying if I look at the James Webb Telescope, I see the the golden mirror, I should draw the connection between Egyptian – the Egyptian god It's just – it's it's a little bit of spiritual engineering that I think most people overlook because they don't recognize the the deep interplay Mm -hmm. of um, aeronautics and occultism. Besides this, this, I would say, tedious connection between – the fact that the mirrors have been called a golden eye and the god Ra. Uh, is there – what else – what well, possible each, other Well, each, each, each of the other um, bits of the mirror, uh-huh. it is made of a number of hexagons. Sure. And any mathematician will tell you mm-hmm. um, whether they be conventional, non-conventional, um, imaginary, mm-hmm. they will tell you that hexagons mm-hmm. are the most powerful shape. Will they? Yes. And six in particular – is a spiritual number. Anyone who works with math will tell you that. <laughs> Anybody that works with math will tell me or that. Or entomologists. Six. Look at bees. Okay. The bees could have picked bees, any shape. They're also golden. They could have picked – exactly. And they could have picked any shape they wanted to in their evolutionary process to make their honeycombs. Mm-hmm. What did they pick? They picked the hexagon. The bees know what humans feel, which is to say <laughs> – that hexagons a power. There's a lot that goes the, into this. The bees know what humans feel, right? And, and that what is that engine- hexagons are important, and what engineers use. It all comes together. Clearly, clearly, um, Rowan. There's just a lot to. I think there's just a lot to um, to chew on with regards to. Oh, there's this, yeah. There's um, quite the, a bit the connections there um, because you know uh, there there are um, many. People who work in the government work in um, highly technical scientific fields. Sure. Some they, of them work at the the Pentagon, which right. is close to the Hexagon. Well, I mean, you know, that's a sort of a darker spiritual energy. Mm. Um, but the the point is, is that um, – Yeah, what is the point here, Rod? The point is, is that there's, there's, there's information 
everywhere out mm-hmm. there for you if you want to look for it. Mm-hmm. And that the um, you know to my uh, to those out there, those professionals I work with who are a member of Hermetic or uh, Crowleyan or um, theurgistic traditions who, mm-hmm. who who are doing this work, I applaud you. Um, you applaud you applaud the brave the brave and. I applaud. I applaud what you're doing with the James Webb Telescope. It's it's it it it, it it's fascinating. It's it's lovely. It's a lovely thing. Well, um, I'm glad you can really elucidate the some of the engineering behind the James Webb Telescope, which is, which is I believe what the goal of your segment was. And the engineering is fascinating. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I believe it's time to um to transition into the. Uh, into the mid-show midterm for today. That that is true. Um, so uh, we've been talking a lot about James Webb the telescope. Mm-hmm. Now we're, let's talk a little bit about James Webb the uh, the individual. Unfortunately, I do not believe James Webb had a golden eye. Um, but wouldn't that be something? But he was a Freemason. Whatever that. So um, famously, James Webb was the seventh director of the Bureau of the Budget, specifically under Harry Truman. Yeah, famously, Um, what he's known for. And he pulled off something, a little something that was called an accounting miracle, a savings miracle, Mm -hmm. Um, and that got the attention of Harry Truman. Yeah, and that resulted in him with end up getting the position of the second director of NASA. He put it in his cover letter, and they were like. We got to hire this guy. Um, it's it's so. The question is, what was this savings miracle, this accounting miracle mm-hmm. that so impressed Harry Truman that he named James Webb as the NASA, the director of NASA, director yes. of NASA. So, um, the first option is he found a check for thirty million dollars in his pocket and donated it to the government. Okay. I mean, we've all done similar things. We found like a twenty right. in our in our pocket. You have or, to, yeah. You have to imagine that the director of the bureau of of budget, the seventh director, yeah, that he like he just has bigger pockets than we do. Right. Um, the another possibility okay. negotiated a fifty percent discount with, with the White House canned soup supplier because because presumably the White House purchases cans of soup by the pallet. Um, uh-huh. The third one would be got the chiefs of staff to stop buying lattes for a year. Um, I'd I mean, like to see that. I'd love to see that yeah. come back. Um, and say, say, it'll save us. I mean, we if that was the case. I mean, I, I would. I'm already starting to have my theories because if that was the case, then why do why do we even have a de- deficit at all? Right. And of course, the last option is is that he uh, achieved the savings miracle mm-hmm. uh, by uh, cutting labor costs uh, through finding and firing homosexuals who worked in the agency and uh, you know uh, elsewhere in the government. Mm. Uh, so all all of these are strong possibilities. We're mm-hmm. going to let you sit and decide and for yourselves it. which one of these things was the savings miracle in question. Yes. Use the scientific method to try to deduce. This citizen scientist. Right. And while we do that, we're going to take a short, um, let's say, five to seven minute break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back uh, then for our special feature. Um, mm-hmm. A little surprise for you, Kai. Or, and one for you as well, Rowan. Um, so please stay tuned. And we are back. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. And I really, I'm really interested in what this, the answer to this mid-show midterm was. Right. So, um, to put it very quickly, mm-hmm. um, James Webb, uh, namesake of the telescope, the space telescope, mm-hmm. which we are dedicating our program to, and the month, in fact, to. Happy James Webb month. Happy James Webb month. Before he was the second director of NASA. He was the seventh director of the Bureau of the Budget, mm-hmm. specifically under Harry Truman. Mm-hmm. He 
pulled off something that was later described as a savings miracle. Mm -hmm. And that tweaked the interest of Harry Truman so much, he put him in charge of NASA. Right. And um, everything else has happened as you know. Right. It's it's the modern day, or I should say, it's the, it's the, it should be turned into, that story should be turned into the 1950s and 1960s uh, version of Hamilton. So uh, the question is, what was the savings miracle that James Webb uh, Jimmy, pulled off. Jimmy did, yeah. Um, so you want to go ahead and read those uh, sure. Read those for us? Uh, sure. The first one is that uh, he found a, a check for $30 million in his pants and gave it to the government, solving a really, really, you know, maybe a, a thin month for them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the second was that uh, he made a deal with the soup suppliers. Negotiated a 50% discount to the canned soup suppliers of the White House. Um, yep. Uh, the third one is he convinced the chief, chiefs of staff to stop buying lattes for just for, for a year. And the fact that that could very feasibly be how he solved a budget crisis goes to show how much those lattes add up. It, it, they really add up um, over time. And the fourth one was uh, was found and, uh, and cut off uh, members of the, of the federal government who uh, – Identified as uh, LGBTQIA plus, right? Um, uh, cut labor costs, slashed them practically. Slash, yeah, pennies <laughs> on the dollar. So, which do you think is the savings miracle? Well, frankly, I sometimes, you know, Occam's razor. I kind of think the simplest answer is going to be the the most accurate. It's going to be the best one. So, I think it's probably the first one. I think he found thirty million dollars in his pants. Maybe on laundry day, and he and he put it into the federal fund. You know what well, we've all certainly found a, like a twenty dollar bill or maybe some loose change in mm-hmm. our pockets, and it seems conceivable. The actual answer is number four. Um, as part of the lavender scare, James Webb slashed costs for labor mm-hmm. and increased productivity by um, firing um, homosexuals and alleged homosexuals. Fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. It's um, a real, real important part uh, of history, and it's great that we that we know about that. And it's great that we're naming a telescope after him. Yeah. Um, so with the mid-show midterm out of the way, mm-hmm. why don't you, we preface what's to come for our special feature? Because we have uh, something very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. I have something very, very exciting. And I also have something incredibly ex- exciting that I'm really looking forward to talking about. Well, um, do do tell, Kai, what have, uh, what oh, have you no, brought? For, you know, God forbid, please, why don't you go first, Rowan? I mean, I, I just think mine is, is just really up there. All right. Well, um, fine. If you're willing to have your thunder stolen, I, I'm, I, I'm willing uh-huh. to, uh, to, to uh, uh, start us off because uh, the fact of the matter is, is that I have managed through a back channel sort of mm-hmm. methodology oh interesting because mine also involves the back back channel methodology well uh, possibly in a, in a different way i have to imagine well i would imagine of course um but yes i have through reaching out or rather having had been reached out to an old uh grad student of mine mm-hmm. we have on the program for um, um, on the Twitch stream as well. That's lumpen.tv slash Twitch. Yeah, it's going to be very important. Or uh, tweet, twitch.tv slash lumpen. Twitch.tv slash lumpen radio. Um, we have uh, the first ever images from the James Webb Telescope. Now, people are saying no, Ro- that it's not it's not haven't been turned on yet. It's not fully disassembled. It's not where yeah. it is. Um, where it's supposed to be at this Lagrange point slash back alley. The second Lagrange point, yes. Um, but yes, that's a it's a very good point. R- Rowan, what are you what are you doing? I'm reporting on these incredible leaks that I have managed to get access to, and I can show to and, the um uh, the uh, the uh, you got access to yes. Or did I leave my computer? Oh, what are you talking about, Rowan? My see the thing that I wanted to come on and talk about was that I I have a connection. In NASA, what with my uh, my collaborations with the organization, as well as several other uh, aeronautical and space uh, organizations around the the country, uh, I have in fact I am coming to the program with a, some exclusive visualizations taken, introduction visualizations taken by the James Webb Space Telescope uh, that I am bringing the first ever uh, leaked photographs from the from the, the space telescope. 
this is that's my story, Rowan. Well, I mean, I would have to disagree. Um, I happen to have a personal connection with this week. Um, Do I, I, what he, possible personal connection? It was it was well, it was a, a grad student of mine who uh-huh. works um, at NASA. Um, a former really, grad student really of mine. a grad student of yours currently working at the National Aeronautics and Space. Uh, association. Yeah, as a custodial manager. Oh, and see. they said that they managed to find these files on a CD that had been thrown away. Uh-huh. And um, Sure. Why don't we just get to it because yeah. it's fascinating. Let's, what we've I got. would like to see. So, so keep in mind, first and foremost, that these leaks mm-hmm. are not finished photos. Um, these are – is raw data. Um, more or less, that's been right. that's been through the very bare minimist minimal amount of processing. Right, these have been taken since the 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 mirrors have been opened up, but but not before they've been sort of adjusted into the correct positions. At least for mine, I have no idea what your photos are, Rowan. Well, uh, I would imagine the same a similar idea because uh, by all accounts, the satellite it's not done yet. But there are some images that that have been coming right. through. And again, these, we believe it, it should be important to know. Again, I have no idea what Rowan what garbage drone is about to show you because there's no way he got access to the first images um but you're coming off very aggressive right now there's no way rowan i'm just i don't like when i just don't like what's going on why don't we just get into it before you make up your mind first i'm going to say these any images that you see should have come from visualizations taken from infrared rays so so to that that's part of the power of the web telescope is that you can see in the infrared so let's see what what images you're capturing, Rowan? Right. So this is um, this is my first one um, that that was sent to me, mm-hmm. um, and what we've got here appears to be some sort of um, uh, 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 some sort of um, galaxy, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, it's sort of taking this form of um, you could almost imagine a dot. In a circle with two little sort of tendrils mm-hmm. coming off mm-hmm. of it. Very interesting. Yeah, um, it's fascinating. It looks really, really quite, this is, quite I believe, neat. I see it's titled Photo ID Alpha. Right. Interesting. So, well, that was okay. So, to be fair, that's not the name that um, it was labeled when I received the image. Mm. Um, I've sort of given it that designation. Mm-hmm. This was called um, Sussy. I'm not entirely certain what that means. It was in all caps. I imagine it's some sort of internal – that was some sort of internal naming uh, paradigm that's right. going on so in this NASA. is a – so yeah, for the, for, the, for the listeners who might not be on the Twitch channel, this is a uh, – this is, this is a, a, gal- a galaxy that does look a lot like the character from the popular video game Among Us. I've never heard of this video game. I play video games. I don't play that sort of game. That sounds like something that would be very this, violent. I just okay. This is definitely this is not one of the pictures that I one of the visualizations that I received. Okay, well, I just don't think. That well, this is. so here's a really fascinating one right, right now right, um, okay. that we can move on to. I'm interested. Um, and and this is actually I believe to be a picture of Earth. Um, mm. Now, granted, it is rather cubical. Um, I believe that's just an interplay of uh, of the light. And perhaps the oh, lens is that it? is being used, really? or yeah, the it's... way the mirrors are being being sort of handled, yeah, sort of how the sun is somehow shining on uh, seemingly a square cross section of the Earth at one given time. Well, you know, it's once again this is data. This is raw data, Kai. This is raw infrared data. This is raw infrared data, uh-huh. but you can clearly make out some continents. You can make out some clouds. Can you? I, it's it's Which really a, quite a beautiful picture of Earth um, if you are willing to look past the fact that, that it's it being looks presented. like a it looks like a perfectly cubical Earth. Yes. Well, once again, it's a trick of the light, almost certainly. Uh-huh. Um, now uh, it is so. So we have an, uh, another one, real quick. Let's sure, move on. Sure. Now this, this one's gonna, this, this this is going to actually blow your mind. I have to because, squint at this one. Um, yeah. Um, what we have here, I believe, is a picture of some astronauts. Actually, um, I believe this to be a picture of at least one astronaut. What astronauts? Where are at? What astronauts are in space right now, Rowan? Who could these be? Well, I mean, this could be the International Space Station. Um, this could be um, perhaps one of the um, Tesla or Virgin or Amazon individuals out mm-hmm. there in space. Yes, one of them is possible. Yes, this could be Richard Branson, perhaps. Yeah, it's uh, and, Richard and, Branson took one more trip and, up and, there, and, and you could so you clearly make out the Earth. I clearly make, and there's this figure clearly. looking out towards the Earth, uh-huh, and then over. there's something to the right. Um, I can't quite make out. Um, well, it's, it's I can tell to, you what it is. See, I have with my work, I have to identify. 
things. I have to look through lots of and write algorithms to look through lots of pictures and identify, you know, common symbols in them. Right. So I can clearly tell you that this is uh, there is a a gun, a handgun being pointed at one of the one of the astronauts closest to the orb which they are pondering. Well, maybe I shouldn't have shown this then because that could be quite dangerous. Um, Whatever's going on, uh, um, maybe this is you know. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe, that, maybe this is something that sh- that we shouldn't have been showing, but it's good that we know now. I feel like that there is in fact gun violence in in the the stars above us, mm-hmm. and hopefully, hopefully, it answers the question whether you shoot a, a pistol in space, whether you go backwards. Well, someone presumably found. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that looks quite like a gun. It is a gun. That could be a Wrong. wrench. That could be a um, uh-huh. a, a thumbs up. Of some sort, it could be any number Built of things. Built into the spacesuit, yes. Um, all right, and and so I have I have one more, and uh-huh. this is going to blow your mind. Okay. Now, now, once again, these these files are um, they're they're not they're not post processed. Um, you know, there's well, they there's, are post processed, or we wouldn't be able to see the visuals. Well, they're they're they've been very quickly post processed. There's more post processing that goes into these images. Sure. So I want you to go into this with an open mind, Kai. Um, because going, what you're seeing is obviously not going, is going to be is not going to be the exact reality. Given okay? the context of the photos I've seen, it's impossible for me to go into this next one with an open mind. Okay, so this is what we've got. This was sent to me. Okay, this is photo ID Omega. Right. And Rowan, why don't you describe what you see in this image? I can describe it in one word. Disclosure. Proof. Rowan, this is a picture of a cartoon alien. One, I would hardly consider this a cartoon. I would hardly consider this a cartoon. Is a picture a cartoon? If you take a picture of something and the saturation's off, is it suddenly a cartoon because it's not zoomed in or properly focused? No, is that this a cartoon? is an illustration. It was written. It was made in in uh, in Photoshop or whatever. I, I think that's baseless. I think it's baseless to say that I this see is an illustration. Watermark. On I, it, I, I I have. It could be the NASA watermark. I have an in, Kai. I have an in. This is my grad student who went no. in and sent this at great risk Our- to himself because he believes in what we're doing and he was such a fan of my teaching in the first place. All right, Rowan. I would just like to get get through this this mockery that you're making. I don't want to uh, lament too much. Uh, stay the truth on is much. out there, Kai. This, and this is not the truth. I, I think it's time that we actually go over to – the actual truth. It is unbelievable to me that you held off my actual images taken from the James Webb Space Telescope for th- this mockery. Well, all right, all right. Um, if if you have, um, since w- let's see, let's see how your leaks look. The then. actual leaks. Four photos were taken. Somehow, I don't. I was sent. What's four your story? Images. Yeah, who sent you these images? I would rather not disclose their name. Where? Whoa! Oh! 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 We've got an anonymous source. We now. Yeah, I'm not. Um, do, at least do I'm not listener, going. We've on. got an anonymous source. We don't have a. We don't have a source with any sort of relationship. Just. I, um, next, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your grad student who is is waging their job on the fact that you're announcing that they're leaking these photos. Well, you know what? Well, you know what? Um, to any listener out there, to anyone out there who feels the who wants to. Um, to you know, put up whatever they want and get it put on the show. Come contact Kai because yeah, um, is, uh, he's looking for anonymous I, sources. I know the source. I'm keeping it anonymous for the millions of citizen scientists out there. Uh, yeah, I'm may. sure. I'm sure. This is somebody high up who is part of the engineering and the science behind the James Webb Space Telescope. Okay, so, so let's actually get into these. Yeah, pictures. all right. Well, what do you got for us, Kai? So the first one is uh, visualization ID one zeta sub one uh, super i. A scientific naming scheme. Okay. So as you can see, this is a more, well, a frankly more realistic version of the of the Earth. We can see the space debris, which is which we know to be surrounding the Earth. All the satellites. Well, and well, things. well I'm just going to throw out. Given that we've already established that the lens on the um, uh, on the James Webb Telescope makes the Earth look cubical. <laughs> I, am, I, I, I don't. I don't necessarily believe that this is a good picture. And, and that you can act- actively make out. You can see sort of the the west side of Africa over there and Madagascar. So this is an actual picture of the Earth. You, again, it's kind of blurry because one, it is in in the infrared, right? And two, it is without. Fake. And two, the mirrors have not fake. been adjusted. This is not fake, right? This is this is on what basis is this fake? If it is not fake, it's it's incredibly boring. Um, sometimes science. I don't. I, wait, science wait, wait, were you, were you? Excuse me. Sometimes science 
to a layman is boring. Uh, um, the citizen um, scientists out there would no doubt be super. So what are these? It. What are these little these little dots then that we're looking at this here? Is space. Uh, this is space debris. This is debris from the satellites and all the stuff that we sent up into space. Well adjusted. Like obviously, we should expect this to take place. And with the infrared lens, we can see them better. Right. So what's what's let's this? Go the let's go on to the next one. So the next one is actually quite interesting. And this is visualization ID 1.1 Zeta sub 2 super I. Um, and you can kind of see a sort of a, a really cool uh, oral ef- uh, sort of an auroral effect taking place here. Right. See, and be- again, because the mirrors are not adjusted properly, you're actually seeing again um, a planet. I, now, I can't be 100% sure what this is. I have a feeling that this is a, a distant planet um, in our galaxy next to maybe a, a, a black hole, which you can kind of see as having a bit of an effect on on either visually or the actual ter- like the actual terrestrial makeup of the of this planet. Right, chunks of it are being ripped off into this this black hole maybe. in this um, this illustration that maybe. you have presented for we us. We need more evidence. But that's sort of what appears to be happening. I, I feel as though if a planet was getting ripped apart by a black hole, as is um, being depicted here, mm-hmm. that there would be more local effects. That we would we would see more local sort of uh, it would be more obvious. Again, the James Webb can pick up on signals from very far away, right? And this is clearly what we're seeing, right? Um, so it's just it's just it's um, I marvel at the science here, right? So- Right, um, and this was a, this once again. This is all anonymous. Um, <clears throat> the, the 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 relationship has not been uh, disclosed. Um, the, the, the safety, the, the the purpose of of why this was sent over you was not disclosed. Don't wanna, you don't want to know what what NASA will do to somebody who who has double crossed. What's our, what's our what's this next uh, purported leak that you have for us? So this next one is actually really interesting. Um, the next one I believe is a is a very interesting uh, picture of the moon. Yes. Um, we've all we've all heard of the 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 man in the moon, the face that appears on the moon when you look up at it. Um, Luna. I don't the, give her a name. The, the silvery goddess. Yes. No, I disagree with that assessment. But you can kind of see. Uh, so obviously, it's very easy to see faces for people. I, and perhaps some of the citizen scientists out there, yes, you'll probably see a face in this in this blurred image. Is it a face? No, of course not. It is a photo of the moon. Clearly. It's much cl- cl- closer up. You can see those canyons on the moon. I believe this is on the far side of the moon. But um, but yeah, it's just a picture of the. It's just a picture of the moon. This is a visualization ID IZ, uh, ID two zeta sub two super naught. I do see a face. Well, you know, I look outside. I look up at the moon. I see a face as well. So uh, this one, this one could be real. Um. So uh, what's your last one? <laughs> This one I'm still I'm still sort of thinking about. I'm still puzzling over what it could, what it could be. Um, this is visualization ID two uh, two Omega. Right. So this is clearly a, a vision from deep in space. And the thing to point out is that is it, uh, what's the thing to point out? The my the human mind likes to see patterns. We've established this. Um, what I appear we I appear it appears to be uh, that the. Space telescope is, is sort of pointing at a part in deep space, maybe uh, maybe in the you know maybe the constellation uh, Cancer or something. Right. It's looking at a distant galaxy, maybe the uh, or maybe it's in Cassiopeia, and we're looking at the uh, one of the galaxies in Cassiopeia, and we're seeing sort of a nebula that resides sort of in our galaxy. Yeah. Between the other galaxy in the background and nebula, there's sort of these gas clouds. Um, and they and they form these shapes. They form these. Yes, they form. For, at least from our perspective, I've seen form. a number of nebulas. Uh huh. I've seen quite a few nebulas. Right. I'm seeing um, a, a face of Neil deGrasse Tyson right now. See, the, the interesting thing is that you know the mind maybe per, sometimes connects. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a man of space. Uh, it, 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 you know what, Kai. Um, that was fascinating, but I think we have to move on. I think we have to move on uh, at this point because we are running very low on time. Gas clouds, they sort of – they form these darker, you know, colors. Right. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and move on to the citizen science. 
Nebula. Um, this is the part of the show where we discuss the research findings and data collected by amateur scientists out there in the world mm-hmm. on the street and posted to social media. Um, <clears throat> and of course um, – Unlike uh, these anonymous sources, these pranksters that um, you know Kai is so willing to just take upon themselves, there is a bit of uh, of uh, looking through th- these that goes through, and, and we have a very good I, I, one today. Yeah, Roan is forgetting about the alien that he showed us earlier. Yes. Um, <clears throat> disclosure: They've always been out there. Um, so uh, this comes from Perry Chase at Perry BC on Twitter. Um, truth is a frequency. It's a universal law. It's not an idea or a piece of data. It's an isness that cannot be debated nor destroyed. It can, of course, be suppressed, but she is patient. And like the tide, she will eat all the sandcastles you built while she is away. Fascinating. Truth is a frequency. Truth is, in fact, the capital U, capital L, universal law. Um, Sort of like the laws that govern our cosmos. As Neil deGrasse might say. Mm. Um, but with that, citizen scientist, with that citizen science, uh, I would like to move on to our quote, which is a very special quote. Um, it is a quote by not necessarily a scientist himself, but an important person in the scientific community. That is, of course, and a, spe- a very special person tonight uh, on this, this we- month on this webisode. Yes, uh, James Webb himself. This was from a small excerpt from a longer two-hour he- speech he gave in front of Congress following the uh, the well-known. Apollo 1 disaster in 1967 when the Apollo shuttle exploded. <laughs> right. Um, so this is from that longer excerpt. Uh, mistakes into mir- miracles. Yeah, mistakes are made. Um, so he said this. Don't you know alcohol kills brain cells? Any damn brain cell that can't live through a good drunk deserves to die. You're doing yourself a favor getting rid of all of them non-hacking, underachieving ones. I'm working on improving your efficiency. Already we're seeing efficiency improvements. This is a man... Drinking to achieve them. Yes. All right, EurekaCast Now was uh, meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers, New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CSD on WLPN, LP 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, and simulcast live on twitch.tv slash Lumpen Radio at that same time. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter and Instagram, and visit our website at EurekaCast.org. Rowan? If you engage in other forms of social media, also f- please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash EurekaCast <clears throat> or send an electronic mail to EurekaCastNow at gmail.com. Uh, there you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. And if someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, feel free to reach out at that same email, which is once again EurekaCastNow at gmail.com. And with that, Chicago, allow us here at Eureka Cast now to close the gleaming golden eye of your weakly enlightenment while we ever look upward. See, there's there's a thing called the Neil deGrasse and. You're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. Начинаем концерт краснознаменного имени Александрова ансамбля песни и пляски Совет.